As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. It's a pleasure to be with all of you. And it's also a pleasure to have Gail Lance, CEO and founder of Work Matters and the podcast host of CEO on the Go, which is actually how Gail and I met each other. Gail, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. So Gail, one of the things that I love about your content is that you are actively working towards and pursuing helping companies think about the future and drive innovation and create incremental change, but also disruptive change to keep their organizations moving forward. So I'd love to unpack this with you today and talk about how that impacts employee engagement, talk about how that impacts the health and wellness of the organization as well as their people, and and also some of the barriers that you're seeing that individuals have to overcome and organizations have to figure out how to remove. So without further ado, (laughs) I'd love for you to start with, Gail, a little bit about why this topic, what what have you seen in your work that you feel like this is the topic that you want to focus and dedicate your expertise in? Well, I think the, the reason for the topic right now is that it's so incredibly timely organizations have often talked about innovation and needing to be more innovative, but now it's, it's not a nice to do. It's a must do for organizations to be competitive, for them to, to be more leading edge, to be the best that they can be. Like you said, engaging their employees, creating a great place to work. More younger people are entering the workforce, having new expectations and hopes and aspirations. So I think that it's a time for a lot of companies of all sizes to be really putting innovation, new thinking, futuristic thinking front and center on their radar. So what do you find is the barriers to actually make that happen? Right. So individuals can say, you know, the one thing we hear is we want to go to the next level. We want to turn the next page, shut one chapter, (laughs) open a new one. But it takes hard work to do so. It does. I was just going to say, I think one of the biggest barriers is is up here. There's a willingness, but then it's still like when you've been stuck in habits, when you've been on a trail doing the same thing the same way for so long, it's really hard to just flip a switch for yourself, much less try to get other people on board. So I think one of the biggest barriers is your own thinking, and it requires becoming more aware of how you're thinking, not just what you're doing. Because the tendency I see in a lot of organizations is to, to try to figure out what do we need to do to be more innovative? Oh, it's probably technology. Yeah. Or we need some new processes. But I really enjoy working with organizations to help challenge their thinking and really put themselves in a new paradigm to do greater things. So when you look at this from a, where are you focusing? Do you work with the, is it best to start with the C-suite? Is it best to meet with middle management? I mean, how do you figure out whether an organization is or is not innovative in the work and the approach that they're taking in their work? Yeah, 
and I hate to give you an answer that says it depends, but generally speaking, it's best to start at the top and it's best to start at the top with a leader who gets it. You know, a lot of times they're champions for innovation within the organization, within large organizations, they're in different pockets. So sometimes I'll be helping them try to raise their voice or increase their influence and the impact that they're having throughout the organization. But if you can start at the top, at CEO level, with a CEO who truly understands the importance, the imperative right now to be thinking differently and moving forward in new ways, it just helps the whole process go smoother. And then from there, there are creative ways that you can actually engage the entire organization. And much depends on the culture, the dynamics, where, where the organization is, what's going on with the senior leadership team. So it can be kind of a trickle-down effect. I think you and I talked about that before our conversation, or it can be more broad-based to start with, too. I've done other projects where we, from the get-go, we really engage the whole organization to kick things off. So, so we're releasing this episode with the, in the month and theme of strategic planning, right? Strategy. I mean, organizations are, we are constantly, all of us are looking at our models and looking at what our customers need. And so where do I go to begin the innovation process? What do I evaluate as I'm building the strategy for the next year? We like to think we can plan for the next five years, but we've all learned it's much more real time than that right now. Yeah. yeah. So where do I, where do we start? What do we have to start asking ourselves and evaluating to figure out what innovation is going to look like for us and our customers? Yeah, that's a great question and lots of different possible places. One area that I like to start is focusing on what your core strengths are as an organization. A lot of times when I'm having initial conversations, I'm asking CEO or leaders, where have you been at your best? What are you most proud of? Where do you really shine? Tell me about some of the projects that have been most successful. Tell me about the the core expertise that you have or the core skills that you bring. You know, we've always heard build on your strengths, but that's a really good starting point is to kind of do an assessment of where you're strongest and things that you might be able to leverage and hold on to, to carry that into the future. So sometimes I'll refer to that as collecting the positive core where you're really kind of honoring the best of the past and decisively moving that into the future. From there, though, it's really looking at what some of the hard trends are in your industry, not just some things that you think, well, this may or may not happen, but some of the hard trends, you know, there are a lot of hard technology trends. Those are trends where, you know, without a doubt, those will be happening. People are getting older, things like those kinds of issues to take a look at the trends that are impacting your industry so that you can be more leading edge and design whatever you're doing to fit with those trends. A lot of times companies are too focused on trying to just solve the problem that's right there in their lap. So kind of forcing yourself to think more futuristically and identifying different trends can be one way to kind of get yourself beyond just the traditional problem solving. So if we're going, you know, again, looking at some of these trends and looking at some of the impact that we've all experienced over the last couple of years, where we had no choice but to innovate. We had no choice but to, you know, I love the picture that floats around the internet that says over the last couple of years, who has driven the most innovation? Your CEO, your CTO, your CMO, or COVID-19? <laughs> and, yeah. 
So as you think about this of, you know, I love that carrying forward what you're best at, carrying forward where you can create the most value. But you also, in order to have to do that, you've got to bring a close to other things. And maybe yes. you've been doing for 30 years. That's, exactly. Yeah. So how do you yeah. go through that process of, of kind of disengaging in order to free up time to, to newly engage? Well, I think one of the, the best ways is to make the future so compelling and people are so bought into it that they just see that that's a natural part of this evolution. I would not advise to try to close things off until you're super clear about where it is that you really want to go. And then that just becomes such a more natural decision an acceptance on the part of maybe employees in the organizations who've been very attached to those kinds of initiatives or programs or products or services or whatever that you might have to let go of. You know, another key factor when you are asking how, you know, how to move forward is, is to really allow people to exercise their imagination. This is a time to throw out or throw into the open, not throw out, but put on the table a lot of crazy ideas that you probably wouldn't have considered before. It sounds too trite to say, think outside the box, but it's just really opening up wide to so many different possibilities that you or your organization have not considered in the past. There'll be some great nuggets that come from that. You have to be careful about people too quickly shutting down those ideas saying, well, we tried that or that'll never happen or so-and-so is already doing that. It's just too easy to, sh to shoot down ideas as they come up. So providing that environment where people can really exercise their mind and their imagination in new ways will help you do that more quickly as well. And I would encourage our listeners, all of us, including you and I, Gail, to listen for those things that get said in the room that shut down. It's very easy to look over those and say, well, you know, he didn't, she didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. But the individual who put that idea on the table then feel shut down and then other people experience the shutdown and then they're like, well, I'm not going to bring any ideas up because I've got yeah. some, but yeah. they don't really want to hear, right? Yeah, yeah. I've said often, in fact, we uh, talked about this a lot in an episode that we covered back in February that discusses the impact of building a work environment a culture, which we define culture as the thousands and thousands of interactions that our people have each and every day, where that doesn't happen, where people can bring the crazy idea, the big idea. They're not af afraid to get their hands slapped. They're not afraid to be put down in the workplace. And they have this trusted environment that like, this is how we operate here. This is why we're so innovative because I trust my workplace. I can bring up, when I see things happen, I can immediately bring up, I noticed this when it took place. When I was out with a client, I heard two of our customers say this. Have we ever thought about that? And you know, where it's safe to bring up the, the idea, it's safe to voice an opinion. It, even if it's yeah. counterintuitive or contradictory to something you're doing right now, to enable yeah. and welcome that behavior. Yeah, I can't emphasize enough. I, you're right on target with that. And just you know, a couple of tips for leaders who are wondering, well, how can I create that environment is to pay attention to your language and the questions that you're asking so that when ideas are put on the table, you know, I hear se senior executives all the time going, I can't, I can't believe they suggested that idea inside their head. But instead, it's 
it's being curious. Tell me more about that. How do you see that playing out? How do you think we might be able to expand on that? What are some different ways that we can look at that? So you see, the nature of that question is not saying that's not a, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Although sometimes you might have to say that, but I tend to be more positive and think that it's good for leaders to really try to, to get employees to talk more and to flesh out some of those ideas and to also thank them, you know, to say, appreciate your putting that bold idea on the table that we probably wouldn't have considered. So just showing that acknowledgement can go so far with employees who may be a little more reluctant to, to share. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, again, for all of us listening to this episode, those are ways that you create greater trust, greater respect, and greater employee engagement in your company when you handle it that way. Because most people work in environments that turn the idea off, right? That don't allow that to continue and just by how you respond. So being curious, creating a culture of curiosity will make your organization better but even more, it will, why? Because it will engage your people to feel safe that they can bring their thoughts to the table and that we actually explore them. Yes. I've been in some sessions where some of the ideas that employees bring forward are so crazy. People will start laughing, you know, like let's put a parking deck on the top of our building or, you know, something like that. But, and, people will start laughing. But one of the the greatest examples was a leader who said, tell me more crazy ideas. What else? You know, like it didn't phase him. It's, this is the kind of thinking we want. What else can you think of? It's really like loosening up this part of your brain that you're not used to using. And the other good thing too, about deciding to focus on this is it can be really energizing for people who may have felt a little stagnant or have felt a lot of fear and concern, especially during the pandemic. So I just think it's a great energizing thing to do to say we're focusing now much more seriously on the future, how we can be, who we can be, how we want to serve. And all ideas are on the table at this point. Now, as we think about fresh thinking, Gail, and we look at, you know, let's just say that someone's sitting there going, but how does that, how does that help us right now? Right? Because innovation takes time to vet, to create, to bring to the market, to bring to clients, to bring to commercialization. How does this type of thinking impact the now? I think it, it helps you make better decisions in the now. If you, if you know that you're already kind of thinking ahead a little bit or your mind is operating differently, that it, it will shape the kinds of decisions that you're making now. It also just creates more hope. It gives people it's hard to explain, but once employees know that this is something that the company has made has set as a priority, I'll put it that way. That's kind of like, okay, things will be changing in a good way and I'm going to be a part of this. So I really do think it can help morale, have an immediate impact on morale to say, look, to position as, as this is something we're excited to do. This is forward movement that, you know, things are moving forward in a new and better way and we're figuring it out together. So I think that that's another good immediate impact that you can see. Are there other areas that hold us back or other internal disruptors that I can be listening for today when I'm in a room virtually or physically with my team? Like, what should I, what are indicators? What are other yellow flags that should be raised when I see, hear, or witness something taking place? What holds us back? 
sometimes the turf, you know, want people wanting to kind of uh, operate more siloed or protect their turf. If you hear people in the room talking about their, this is what I think is important or my area, my department, try to change that conversation to we, here's where we need to go. Because this can be some sometimes a little threatening to some employees, depending on how they're wired. So I think that that's one thing to kind of look for is how are employees talking? Are they talking about their own kinds of responsibilities or are they able to shift the conversation to more of the big team and using we and and you can drive that as a leader? Some other yellow or red flags to look out for is the mood of employees. If you have some employees that are kind of checked out or retreating a bit or not wanting to be a part of this, those I think are some potential flags that you should pay attention to and not be so distracted by them. You know, when you are trying to help an organization go through change, it's inevitable that you will have people who are like, this ain't going to happen. Not, not, no, we've tried this before. You're going to have those naysayers. So you can acknowledge them, but you can't let them stop you. I always tell leaders, focus so much more on where the natural energy is in the room, where the natural advocates are the change agents that really do want to make a positive impact. Note the people in the room who could be obstacles, but don't give them too much attention because the reality is that they'll, they'll usually come along in the process. And if they don't, it's probably better anyway that you don't want to have people who are, are going to be putting the brakes on when you're trying to accelerate. Yeah, one of the things, Gail, that we talk a lot about is bringing these questions to the room, right? And and again, just we're trying to help leaders get better at their leadership today. We're trying to help individuals show up just a little bit different in a way that honors their employees, their peers, their colleagues, their customers, and their relationships around them. And one of the ways to do this is to start the conversation, right? Just begin the conversation, start the dialogue. People need to see the example. So don't just walk in the room and say, we're going to be innovative and transform the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, ask questions. You know, I'm, I'm really curious. What are we all hearing from our clients right now? What is on their minds? Where is their focus? What thinking are they bringing to the table? You know, we just did a survey. We invited about 8,000 people to participate and we got such great insights on where people's minds are right now. What is in the now? What are they thinking? How are they evaluating what this year is going to look like, where their focus is going to be? Are your marketing and insights and sales asking those types of questions? And let's talk about it, right? The other thing that I would encourage people to think about is ask your team, what is one idea? that you think we should be evaluating over the next 12 months. And it might be something that we should evaluate tomorrow, but put yeah. a little bit of a timeline out there so that people don't come back and say, well, I said that, but we didn't do it in the, in the last week, right? So give yourself time, vet that out and make sure that we're taking notes. Make sure that you're bringing it back up, put it on your calendar once a month in our all team meetings. I'm gonna take one meeting a month and bring up this innovation, thought-provoking topic to get feedback and then bring it back the next month and say, here are a few things that we all really responded well to. Any other yeah. ideas from the last conversation? And just start creating a culture of innovation, yeah. a culture of engagement. 
Yeah, I like your idea of continuing to keep it in the conversation in some way, because it's not just an exercise that you do and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then you go off and it just happens. So it does need to be continuing to, or it needs to be a continual part of the conversation, the ongoing conversation that you're having. And I do like the idea too of, of going to your team, you know, asking them for ideas and to frame it up both in an immediate context. What's something that you think that we might be able to do this week that would help make even, even a small improvement on the team or how we're engaging with our customers? See what they say. And for the longer view or the bigger vision to say, you know, what's a wish that you have for this organization or this team? What's a wish? I like using that word. It seems kind of airy-fairy sometimes. But, you know, I'd be curious to ask that question. What wish do you have for our company? So then it's, it's one way to strike the emotional connection too, which is so important when you're trying to drive people through change because you hear more about what they really care about. Yeah, and pay attention, Gail. That's a great question. What wish do you have for our company? Yeah. Again, takes time for people to be really open and honest. I don't want to ever assume that everybody's just going to hear immediate responses. But yeah. boy, what a great question because we're dreaming together, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's a starting point. So don't let them get off the hook with, I want us to be the best. We want to be the number one, you know, fill in the blank. That's not what I'm talking about. It's maybe it's that we're, we're working together, you know, as a real team and then say, well, what would that look like? Often have companies go through the exercise of playing the movie scene in the future. You know, if you're describing what your organization is doing, say three years from now, and you're telling me about it. Who are the characters? What are the problems that you're solving? How are things operating? What are people saying about the company? So kind of playing that movie scene can create a nice visual too when you're in conversation with, with your team. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who are listening, I'm gonna share this quote with you. For those who are watching, um, you're gonna see it up here. And I think this really ties in beautifully to what we're discussing. So there's a quote, Gail, that I have on my desktop at all times. You know, we've been in a place of innovation. We've been in a place of transition, of growth, and for those around us. So it's a Walt Disney quote that says, first, think, second, dream, third, believe, and finally, dare. First, think, second, dream, third, believe, and finally, dare. I think this really sets a tone of a culture that we can all aspire to have and bring into the conversation. Yeah. But, you know, notice the steps for those listening, you know, thinking about things, creating thought within your organization, allowing people to dream, creating buy-in and a sense of belief that we can do this and finally take that next step. Right. The only thing holding you back in many cases, I mean, we all know that, you know, performance or lack of or greatness or lack of is really, you know, how you started the conversation. The greatest challenge is right here between our own two ears. And I would say there's a lot of heart in there, too, because people need to be encouraged, not discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. So with that question of what what wish do you have for your company? Do you recommend people also ask what wish do they have for themselves? Oh, absolutely. I'm such a believer in making sure that the in individual is kind of self-actualizing and growing and achieving their best along with the organization. And especially leaders, you know, I, I always say that 
it's about growing your business and yourself. The two go hand in hand. So yeah, I strongly encourage people to, to think about what they want for themselves and how they can connect the dots. You know, if I'm an employee, maybe there's something that I would like to do or an aspiration that I have that could be fulfilled within that organization. Maybe I don't have to leave, but it's great to have conversation about aspirations and what you're thinking and what you're wishing for, knowing that that's a good starting place to know what employees care about and maybe to uncover something that you would not have known otherwise, especially when you can create that safe environment that you talked about, Mike. So, yeah. When we tie this back to strategic planning, you know, so often the gap between setting a strategy and achieving said strategy, in order to get anything accomplished, your people have to fully believe, right? And setting a strategy and saying, this is where we're going is a lot different than saying, how can you help us get here? Where do you want to go? Where do you believe that our company could be? That is a beautiful question of what wish do you have for our company is a great way to start thinking about the strategy, right? Yeah, it all goes together. It all goes together. And bringing that, building that trust, fulfilling strategy happens because of people. So if we get people to really open up, and I love the comment you just made about, you know, how can they accomplish that here? You may learn things just by asking that question of what wish do you have? Again, most leaders don't do that, which is a shame because if we knew the goals of our people, we can help <laughs> create alignment, right? And, and why wouldn't you want to know the goals of your people? Right. Most leaders, or I should say many leaders I've worked with, feel so much pressure to figure it out by themselves. You know, they think, okay, I've got to create this vision and then I have to communicate it to everyone. And then I have to get buy-in. Like they think that that's the steps and that's not the case. Or I suggest the alternative, you know, do this collectively. This is a co-creation and really more powerful to do it that way, to achieve something that's probably not even in your realm of possibility right now. Yeah, one of the things that we really encourage, and it's a little different than many strategic, you know, we do, we design a lot of strategies for organizations, but why we get called in is typically we set a strategy last time and we didn't achieve it, or we had a real hard time or we're having a hard time aligning our people to what we've set out to do. And, you know, lo and behold, when you start asking questions, it's typically because two to five people created it. No one else was involved. No one else was asked. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that we typically do, which is a little bit unique, ties into what you just referenced. Like we say, who are the influencers throughout your organization? Who are the individuals that are influencing the customers the most to have the best relationships? Who are the people on the shop floor or on the front line that people go to for advice and guidance? Why haven't you ever brought them in, right? They're the ones working with and the most individuals around them. They're hearing the challenges and the opportunities, but they also see the potential, right? So once you start involving a lot more people into your strategy, buy-in is easier throughout the organization. It's not feeling pushed down. It's feeling created, co-created was the word you just used. Yes. Yeah. And with emphasis today, I mean, if you're a senior executive, you know the emphasis on inclusion, diversity, 
So by engaging more of your employees in this process, you're creating a more inclusive approach where all voices can be heard. That's what I love so much about engaging the organization as a whole in this process. So yeah, even more reason to do that. Yeah. And it sets the tone, right? If it's being done in a vacuum by the same people who do it immediately, everyone feels not involved. And you would too, if you were the one sitting outside of that circle. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people ask often, like, how do you, you know, we say that DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is not an, it's not a event. Correct. It has to be a core value that embodies everything that you're achieving to do. And to our audience, Gail just gave you a great example of how to be more inclusive and equitable. And it's by involving your people so that you said all voices will be heard, that all verses will be heard. We say, Gail, that when you measure, do I feel valued, heard, and understood? The organizations who, where their people feel valued, heard, and understood are the more innovative, typically the more profitable, and certainly the more inclusive and equitable for their people. You know, it's yeah. a direct correlation when all yeah. those voices feel heard. Yeah, absolutely. Gail, so you, with your podcast that you've had CEO on the go for a long time, I welcome and encourage all of our listeners to subscribe to Gail Lance's CEO on the go podcast. Yeah, thank you. What are some of the topics that you have had over the last, let's say, six months that have brought the most engagement, that have really set off the most light bulbs for your audience? Oh, that's a great question. Because I, I actually was looking at some of that because for a while I didn't look at the stats. <laughs> I was afraid to. <laughs> yeah, even so, the engagement doesn't necessarily have to be the stat, just the engagement. Like, where- Yeah. Oh, no. The, the kinds of topics are uh, initially had to do with mindset, how you think differently, how you address the elephant in the room, how you build resilience, how you ride the emotional roller coaster. Some of the more recent ones are how to let go of what you need to creating a new vision for the future, creating your personal vision. One of the most popular ones was turning things upside down recently. I did a crazy thing that I described about seeing things from a whole different perspective. I won't give away the punchline on that, but I did something that I shared quite, it was quite vulnerable <laughs> episode, but just being able to do things out of your comfort zone. So those have been some of the most popular ones that have to do more, actually more with the mindset that, you know, how do I, how do I keep my stamina and energy and positivity as a leader? You know, it's been hard as a leader just to maintain your own sense of stability, I think, through these times. So a lot of the episodes, the earlier ones were devoted to those kinds of, of topics, but they're still evergreen <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and everything you just referenced is something that you can go, wow, yeah, it has been an emotional roller coaster. I am trying to make sure I'm still pursuing vision right? And Mm -hmm. not getting stuck with the real time. And many of us feel like we were flipped upside down and shaken (laughs) with everything that's gone on. And you're right. You've, you know, again, we started this conversation about, it's all about our mind. It's Mm -hmm. all about what barriers we're holding ourselves back from, what barriers our people, our employees, our most valuable assets. There's in some cases, generations of mindset shift that we, if we help people make, it brings out their greatest good. They feel like we're, this is the best place I've ever worked before in my life. 
it's the place that we're willing to take risk and we're willing to drive for the future, which creates more sustainability, right? That, you know, the comment around, you don't have to leave to create happiness inside your workplace. But we as employers do need to take responsibility to help those around us feel that their voices are heard inside our organizations. Yeah, yeah. So Gail, as we wrap up here again, thank you. There's been so many important notes that you've made, so many direct correlations to the work we do around our model of becoming a talent magnet. You know, that's where it's great to meet leaders like you and I. I think we were introduced by Megan Doherty, our podcast producer in Quebec. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, just introduced. Now we're following each other. We're on a journey together. But for our audience, what is one thing you either want to come back to or share that they can take additional thought to and bring with them into their into their next work day? Hmm, just one. I would say to increase your awareness about your own thinking as a leader. So many times when you're wanting to do so much good and make a positive impact with your people, the focus is on your people. But I, I really suggest taking a step back and saying, how do I want to think? How do I want to raise the bar on my own leadership in some way? So increasing that self-awareness, setting a personal goal to increase your effectiveness in some way, I think will really go a long way. Pick one thing that we've talked about today, you know, if it's improving how you're communicating, asking better questions, having more patience, whatever it is, being more open to ideas, but pick something that you can personally put some effort into or shift for yourself because that's really where it starts is at the top with your creating your own personal shift to help help have a ripple effect in the organization. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, and as, as we think through what was just shared, we're going through a month around strategic planning. And as we, this content will help you walk into this process differently, right? When you free yourself and you think openly and creatively, and then do this with your people too. Help them come into this conversation differently. Engage and invite five to seven more people into the process that you've never included before, right? Show action that inclusivity and equity matters in this organization, and I need your involvement. And also be open with your own. Take risk. Allow your mind to free itself Gail, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for your insights and your leadership. It's been a real pleasure to have you with us today. Good. I've enjoyed it. Best of luck to everyone who's tuning in. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. 
The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.